This episode is brought to you by RCAT, and RCAT is headed to Long Beach, California for Construct. Visit them at booth 523 on October 4th and 5th to learn how RCAT can save you time and money finding the product information AEC professionals need. RCAT also offers Charette, which can help promote your firm and services. As always, RCAT is free to use. With all the time you're saving, you can enjoy the beautiful weather in Long Beach, and you can come see our interactive luncheon on Wednesday. A little tippy tip there. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> Let RCAT help get you out of the office at RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. And check them out at booth 523. Welcome to Archispeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 152 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. All right, so I had an idea for a topic, and that is uh, what, what I call, although, although not necessarily just this category of professional, but... Now be careful <laughs> now. Fails. We, we, oh, architect, architect fails? fails. I thought you were yeah. going to use the other terms, like stupid you-know-what. <laughs> yeah. then, then Cormac was going to have to edit that like about 150 times through the episode. Throughout the whole I, I episode. think that'd be kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> Hashtag architect fails. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, we'll do that. One. So I, I, it it came to me when I heard. I'll, I'll start. I have a couple that I wanted to share, and hopefully, people out there can commiserate and laugh at this. That's really the whole point. Because if we can't laugh at ourselves, uh, we can rest assured everybody else is laughing at us. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but I also I'm say that at you. this is this this. The narrow definition here of architect fails should not just be relegated to architects. It should also apply to clients and contractors and consultants and all that stuff, because uh, you know we're all we're all working on the same project together. And so, the first one that I wanted to share, and I'm hoping that these will kind of spark some ideas with you guys, uh, is um, I overheard this. It's not. Not any project that I'm working on, and I won't say what project it is or who said this or anything like that. Uh, but this is sure, sure. This Just is keep it crazy. <laughs> this is a little makes me a little crazy. Uh, oh my god! I looked at the segment plans, and he is dimensioned to the match line. Ugh! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> That so you know awesome. we we work on big buildings yeah. right and so segment the floor plans I mean you know oh right? yeah yeah got, okay oh we dimension to the, the match line <laughs> 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 so so for those that, you know oh, maybe good. maybe there's some people out there who don't know what a match line is but match line's a big heavy line that just basically says okay for this floor plan this segment of this floor plan look on the sheet for this segment on the other side of the line uh, look on the sheet look on this sheet. But well, but the dimension there was you know somebody somebody went through and dimensioned the walls and and they actually snapped in Revit to the match line itself which is an imaginary thing it's <laughs> it's a graphic symbol on the plan just like an elevation or a section marker like you would never dimension to those because they're not real things in the real world I just thought that right. that just 
Oh, was I the got best one. thing ever. I right got there. One okay, now. I got I got to ask got you this now. since since you Neil, you may be going the same direction, but so dimensioning is just an enormous pet peeve of mine. And to to heavy sit and, <laughs> yeah, heavy heavy sigh. So to go through and redline a set and you've got dimensions. Some are coming from the center line to an interior face of a room, or it's going from interior face of room to interior face of the next room. Or, But you have, you're looking at a set of documents, and you've got every single convention or misconvention yeah, right. of, of dimensioning Everyone's going on at the same time. It's just like, dude, you know, it's like, or you can tell that, you know, oh, this person and this person, and this person, and this person all worked on it because the dimensions are all across the board. Different, yeah. Now, sometimes those get past the QAQC effort and get out onto the field. And they're just like, I, I can't make any sense of your dimensions because they're all over the board. But, Sometimes they don't necessarily ask that question before they lay out the walls and you walk in and say you have a string of offices and each of those offices are a hundred square foot offices and so, or 120 square foot. So they're 10 by 12s. And so you've got a 10 and a half foot office and a nine and a half foot office and then a nine and a half foot office and a 10 foot office. And then, a, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, oh my, yeah. what the hell is going on? You know, that, that's awesome. Yeah, we we've had similar similar conversations, I, I, and I think that's kind of the point of this is we can all relate at some level to, to a lot of these oh, things. God, all right, Neil, what did it? What did it? Oh, it, uh, it, what lightning it, struck? Yeah, no, it, it triggered something. So uh, a number of years back, this this is a long time ago actually, and I was driving through a residential neighborhood that I had worked on and the models were up and like the first phase or two were, were constructed and I'm driving through and I see this window up on the second floor and I'm like, wow, that window breakup pattern, right? You know, we put mullions They're They're fake. They're usually in between the glass, right? Uh, because it's very expensive to do uh, true divided lights or even put the mullion uh, material on the outside of the glass. So you get a shadow line, you know, that that's expensive. So in in a residential building, usually in housing, uh, they'll just have the the mullion in between the glass, so you get the look, but it's not you don't get the shadow pattern. Anyway, so I'm driving through this neighborhood, and I'm I'm looking up at this window. I'm like, what? Something's wrong. That 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 window break. I would have never drawn it like that. And so I don't think I don't remember if I had the plans with me or not. But anyway, I get back to the office. I'm looking at the plans. And I'm like, why is this window pattern this way in the window? And I look at the plans, and they misinterpreted. So we we have window callouts for you know head, jam, and sill details. They misinterpreted a window callout as a mullion, oh. and they <laughs> built the window with the mullion in, in an awkward uh. space, right? I mean, normally you'd kind of do a, a, a you know, like a, a cross pattern or depending on the type, style of house, you know, a, a couple of different patterns, but there's typical patterns, right? And this had like a mullion break in the, in the middle and then one like four or six inches below. It just made no sense at all. And wow. it dawned on me mm -hmm. when I saw the plan, I went, Oh my goodness! They misinterpreted. So <laughs> a so window why call is it out when uh, something like that. They're clearly looking at the plans. Yeah, but 
every time they submit an RFI or they're not looking at the plans. Like, what, well, what? in this case, in in <laughs> in the residential development they we're we're not in the world of rfis and submittals and such for the most part because the the developer is the the main contract you know the owner the contractor they hire subs but in some cases they have their own contracting uh, team that does it so there's there's no rfis that tend to come in in traditional architecture or practice you know design bid build so process guess, that doesn't happen great- so we never saw it until it actually got built that's and it wasn't it one of the models that's the problem you know we we see the models there may be four of those or something right but this happened right. to be a variation of an elevation that wasn't one of the ones that was modeled and so we didn't see it till it was in production it was like oh major head slap it's like oh my goodness I- a little artistic license there. Yeah, quite quite a bit. Yeah, so that that's what you just said earlier. Just reminded me of of that architectural fail, if you will. That's a good one. <laughs> so, all right. So that reminds me of something that more recently happened. So we've got a project that you know we have to fly to, and so we only go down once a month. So most of the time it's handled through RFIs, through OAC conference calls, and you're not really able to like physically look at what's being built. And then they put the construction camera up and then they give me, and I think I sort of talked about this, yeah, you know, in the past, you did, yeah. and then they give me the, 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 address. the login information yeah. so that I can go ahead and take a look at it. So I... And I'm looking at, you know, some of the steels going up and then some of the more decorative steel is going up. I designed this double column with kind of a plate in between them that connects the two columns, but is also connecting a series of arches that go in both the longitudinal and latitudinal directions and in every which way. And so as part of that plate, right behind it, if you look at the enlarged plan, I have a dashed line indicating a removable panel for that's basically a small cover that goes over the drivers of these two lights that are mounted on the inside face of the, of this, of this plate that's connecting at the midpoint between these two steel columns that shine up and shine onto the arch and illuminate it. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is, what's going on? Why does that plate look, it doesn't look like it's in the right position. So I can kind of zoom in and I, I zoomed in, took a screenshot and sent it over to my structural engineer. And I was like, Hey, uh, this doesn't look right. What have you been out on site recently? Cause he's local. So, you know, he's like, yeah, I was just out on Friday and this was a Monday. I was just out there on Friday and, and, you know, let me send you some of the pictures, see if you can see um, what's out there. And so he sends me these pictures and the removable plate that I call out for and even have a, a leader in an arrow. Cause it's a dashed line, not a solid line, but a dashed line that says removable panel and have in my elevations, the elevation of it and everything. And then my section of the, of that area have the dimensions for, you know, how big the, like this little removable plate is supposed to be. They basically took the same base plate and replicated it and welded it in place. So it is a half inch thick 
by <laughs> half inch thick by three feet tall by not know, a small thing uh, eighteen yeah by eighteen inches wide plate welded a e s s steel welded in place beautiful um welds you know all ground down and finished and ready to go to to receive the um paint and everything else all just you know perfectly primed everything ready to go all welded in place all six bays of columns are all welded in in place didn't check those shop drawings close enough (laughs) (laughs) and 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 so we've been discussing in firm tones (laughs) (laughs) aka probably arguing about i like that that you need to take those off well you i think you guys because we've talked about it that no it's not because you know this is you know architecturally exposed structural steel and you grind it off in the field and you're going to have a lot of work to do to, to make <laughs> That's it. That's a lot of Bondo. Right. Yeah. it's <laughs> a lot of Bondo. So, so then. Like taking your car to Earl Scheib right there. Yeah. And there's a Southern California reference for you. Yeah. Probably. And actually, no, it's not. No? It's, it was, they used to play those in, in Florida. Oh. When I was growing okay. up. Okay. Earl Scheib. Earl Scheib. 1995. Okay. I don't think it was that cheap. <laughs> no, just whatever it was. It was like. 199.95 or whatever it was whatever it was it was it was some little catchy like number but anyway so so let it let those plates just sit there for a while and as we're continuing to to build the building around it and everything else those plates are still there and I can still keep logging in and seeing them so now I get where we may have not necessarily thought through our another detail which was the mid-span support of the curtain wall that just so happened to fall in line with all of those plates. Well, not just so happened, it was designed to. We had a a horizontal tube that was at the same hinge point as all of the arches, so it could pick up the the mid-span support of this 25-foot tall curtain wall. So everything was great. All of the connections to everything except for as they came close to the collection point of where all these arches come together, were thought out. We're all designed out. I guess we were thinking in our mind or rushing through it that, you know, they're all going to be the same. So yeah, great. Except for they fall into the hinge plates and they don't work the same way at those hinge plates. And so step in these new, these plates that weren't supposed to be plates that were supposed to be a removable cover. And now I'm like, well, Guess they're going to stay in place because now I need them. You just MacGyvered to... that. Exactly. Awesome. And I just, I, I just recently sent them a sketch that came up with a completely different kind of way of mid-span supporting the curtain wall at my column assembly so that I could... Yeah, happy accident c- right there. Could basically... It, it, was a happy, it was totally a happy accident that now the plate being there, one, you know, it's a place to weld to. And two is a place to cover it so you can't really see it. How funny. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, this whole time I'm like, you got to cut those off. Those are wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And through another mistake of mine, <laughs> their mistake helped cover up a, a mistake of mine <laughs> by not thinking all the way through the, the midpoint connections. So what you're, what you're saying is that this dimension to my match line might work out to our advantage it might. Yeah. It just might. <laughs> so hold strong to it. Leave it there. 
because you never know. Yeah. Because when they when they big when they build that big bold dotted line in the field, (laughs) (laughs) the accessible path on the walkway, exactly because it has happened. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. All right. Yes, it has. Here's my next one. This one. This one hits close to home. Uh, There's a. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Appa? Appa is. It's funny. Isn't that that Swedish band? <laughs> yeah, it's really close to that. <laughs> the Association of Physical Plant Administrators. Oh, yes. What? So this is yes, a yes. campus facility uh, group. APPA? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. So they have these um, levels of cleanliness. It's kind of like a published standard, like levels of cleanliness for college campuses to be judged up against. And the, basically... a. Uh, a college campus could become a member of this and then they would adhere to some level in the in the breakdown of levels of cleanliness. I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, we all have kids. We all know what the levels of cleanliness are that we want <laughs> well, in our house appar- versus what Apparently they- that is a huge scale then because <laughs> I've been on some campuses. Yeah, you're going to love it. Okay, so what th- this was not on my radar before this, but... um we're going through a deal now where building is is under construction and they're they're saying that exposed concrete is is a big deal at the campus now it wasn't during any of the 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 meetings or the or the you know the the anything that we've done yeah. so far yeah. but now that it's actually being built this is a problem right even though the entire campus is made out of port in place concrete um it it's it's a problem with gum and 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 basically you know just getting getting stuff cleaned off and so so they said well here's here's the level of cleanliness that we uh, adhere to all right so i'm going to read you the levels of cleanliness and so this is <laughs> this is eye opening all right he <laughs> can't even get through all right so level 1 is orderly spotlessness all right. Level two, ordinary tidiness. <laughs> Level three, casual inattention. Right. These mm. are all good band names. Uh, number four, moderate dinginess. And level five is unkempt neglect. <laughs> my kid's bedroom. Boy. Yeah, my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> teenage boy bedroom. My boys. Uh, yes. So, so who would have thought so, wait, that there was five levels of cleanliness with such descriptive names uh, for in, entire in campuses, sh- right? To for for the maintenance oh, crew to shoot God. for. I that is awesome, isn't it? It is totally. It, yeah. And and this is not it, so. So Cormac, the next time you get a educational facility, you should ask the question. <laughs> Gives a whole new meaning to level five finish <laughs> or level five unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. The scales are kind of flipped there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> anyway, oh you need to Lord. ask your client what their expectation for, or what their, what their level of cleanliness, what they've, what they adhere to, because I can tell you what, hopefully, uh, you know, any it's, it's above a level four of moderate dinginess. <laughs> I can I can tell you what every single utility tunnel that I've ever been in on almost any campus has been. 
I can yeah I can assure you that it's that it's on their lower end of the scale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was great. God, that's, that's that is actually awesome. So it doesn't all fall on the architects this episode, right? This is this is well, a client thing. Well, <laughs> so this really isn't any but but the thing about it is is that that all has to do eventually that comes back around to us for the materials that we specify. Oh, totally. Now, and, and not yeah. only that, but after everything's been approved and, and basically yes. paid for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, I'm sorry, what? We, we, and, and basically it, it was like, well, once things get real bad, we just cover them up with this thick black rubber. And it was like, Whoa, Whoa. what? <laughs> You're going to do what? <laughs> You're not just going to so, get out the power washer and, oh, weird. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a hypothetical. Yeah. Also known as a, a real case scenario. What really happened <laughs> but, with the names changed to protect the innocent or the guilty? Sure, as we'll, it go, may be? We'll, we'll go that okay. route. So picture you have this big 160 linear foot by 50 linear foot glass box. Okay. Right? Yep. And so you know Basically that my house, that's what I live in. Said, said, hypothetical glass box of 25 feet if you're now following along with the earlier conversation you'll know anyway (laughs) so you know that you are going to have you're going to have fin tubes or something to heat the glass through all the different climatic cycles and so you've got this nice pristine box and you don't want fin tubes on the floor so you go through the design and you say okay well let's put them in trenches so that they're down flush with the floor. You've got the grills, you know, exposed to the floor. And then you're heating the, the, the glass surface and that whole surface. And then rather than having a mid-span, you know, which I don't know what goes through the minds of mechanical engineers sometimes. But where they want to put fin tube heating, you're just like, really? It's like literally you want me to have a fin tube hovering at the mid-span of my glass, just supported off of the glass or supported off of the structure. Supported off the glass. <laughs> yeah, supported off the glass, which in a lot of cases they're just like, well, we just need one Structural here. Structural like, Velcro. Can't we maybe like just you know change the types of diffusers and have it throw down? And so we're heating from the bottom and the top and not the middle? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that that's a different rant for a different time. So... So you so you work it all out. So now you are heating. You know you're you're throwing it from the top, and then you're heating from the bottom, and you've got everything flushed out. And so you've got this you know nice detail of of all of these thin tube trenches that go along the follow the face of your glass. And then they start talking about maintenance. And so like well you know as we're mopping and buffing the floor and stuff, you're going to have water splashing down into these trenches, and and so you're going to get like cleaning material and stuff onto the fin tubes, and then it's going to burn off and it's going to smell. And it's just like well you know I mean there are ways of like putting a cover down over them so that you don't splash over them just while you're doing your cleaning. And like yeah well our maintenance crew is not that good, so <laughs> we'll not you know we don't want to do that. So okay, so now now you're now you're having to design around the failing of the uh, of your client's maintenance 
program all the time. or lack or lack thereof all the time. Man. And so they're like, well, you know, can we just put a lip up or can we, you know, put a, you know, raise it up just a little bit, maybe two inches so that you, so that water doesn't splash into the, the trench. And we've designed everything, you know, around it. So like, you know, we've got acrylic covered fin tube housing so that it basically, you can't have anything like sit on there. It, it basically, it's, it's, it's like a nonstick pan that it rolls right off of it and it goes down to the bottom of it. And we've got some small linear trench drains and that, you know, pick up any excess water or condensation or whatever. And it goes away. Everyone's great while you are going to have to vacuum dust out of there, you know, just saying Mr. Owner guy. Um, and your maintenance crew, but you know, then they start saying, well, you know, we, we really want you to raise it up. And you're trying to tell them that, well, now you're creating a tripping hazard because now you have like this little two inch lip or a one inch lip on it that, you know, you're going to trip and fall over. And, you know, do you really want the liability of your students falling all over the place? Because now you're got a tripping hazard. And, and so it's this like weird little cyclical thing that you've like, we've talked about this for months and how we can get around doing this. And now literally we are, you, we now have concrete in the ground with these trenches and now you want to raise them up. So back to that whole cleanliness thing, it, it's, I mean, you know, to achieve your whatever levels and stuff, I mean, we, it, it always comes around of how their basic campus standards and stuff affect the details that we do or the level or the finishes that we're allowed to put on there. Or, you know, the type of flooring, it's just like, okay, guess what? You know, we, we would really like to do this, but this is the type of flooring we're going to use because we've got, this is the carpet standard. It is this blue pile. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, we've got tens, tens of millions of square yards of, uh, of attic stock of this carpet. Yeah. So this is the carpet you're going to use. There was, there was something like that. It was, it was, we had a bunch of, you know, different accent paints throughout a, a building. And basically they said, if there was ever an area that were to get marred, that they needed to paint over, oh they would, God. they would paint over it with white, just that section. Oh, it's a, <laughs> I've had that exact <laughs> same conversation. Really? They're, That's what you would do? You would just paint over it with white? Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, just to let you know, I mean, that's a really nice accent wall, but the second it gets dirty, yeah. when students aren't in there, we're going to paint it white yep. and with our standard campus white, right. which is kind of this weird little, it's like a weird dingy off-white. As my daughter would say, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're know, like... Uh, wow, that one that one just scared me because that one hit home because I literally had that exact same conversation. Actually, another one of my favorite ones when it comes to maintenance-driven design. Yeah, design is, by maintenance. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah, I like design your, I like by maintenance. Yeah, so maintenance-driven design. Mm-hmm. There's a perfect example of one. Is we design the RCP. They turn the AC off during the summer times in K through 12 buildings. I don't know if they do it in California, but if it's not occupied oh, yeah. to save money, yeah. they turn it off. Mm-hmm. Well, unlike California, the East Coast has got this weird little thing called humidity. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. in the, you know, summer months. And so one of the ways around 
you're you know not having sagging ceiling tiles is to use the two a two by two right mm-hmm. you know a tegular two by two fine fissured blah 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 <laughs> which <laughs> I know we've all spec suspect it one way or the other so but that's the best you know I, I, honestly if you know unless you're using moisture resistant ceiling tiles that's the best way is to reduce the the, the, span, si- the yeah. square footage of it yeah the span so that you're it's not sagging but but and I shit you not this is this <laughs> this is the story that I got we can't have a 2 by 2 ceiling tile yeah because our maintenance staff cannot fit up in between a 2 by <laughs> yeah. 2 tile oh dude i have totally <laughs> run into that you have to make it bubba size this <laughs> <laughs> is exactly it the access have... panels have to be bubba sized the... yes yeah the smallest ceiling tile. They were like, hell, we'll do four by four if we could really get away with it. But uh, two by four is the smallest <laughs> the smallest ceiling tile that we will allow because we cannot get some. Of, and, and literally, there was a guy, the, their senior maintenance guy was in on this review. He's like, he was telling me, he's like, if I can't fit up there, we're not going to, you know, that we can't have that particular ceiling tile. Yeah. It was a lot more colorful than that, and I'm going to spare everybody, you know, the excessive profanity. That's a great that. one. But, oh, my Lord, it was just like, seriously, you were designing, we were designing around the Bubba size. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. I like that. Great. <laughs> That's Oh, funny. my God. And I had, I had just recently had a project that we wanted to do the, the plank lay-in ceiling, because... It looks nice, actually. You know, you got to get the two by fours with just the grooves cut in them. That's that, that's what you have to get down to. And and how bad does that look? It, it literally feels like you're putting T one eleven up in your ceiling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fine fissured T one eleven. That's fantastic. Sagging T one eleven. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. It, that. <laughs> And and I'll tell you what, I mean, and how many times have, I I mean, I don't understand the rationale or the thinking behind that too, because they're developing their campus standards based off of either A, whatever manufacturer came by and gave them the best lunch and learn or took them out to like the nicest golf course and said, hey, if you use our product, we'll give you a discount on it. And I'll keep sending you these nice cookie Yeah, like their attic stock is is all based on... the design and, that was done 30 years ago. And exactly. So now you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I had one that their maintenance staff did not know how to work on or fix a standard like PVC or TPO type roof. So they wouldn't do this, you know, the single ply membrane roof. They could only work on a ballasted four ply asphaltic roof yeah oh it's, man uh, i've had i've had design driven by roof before yeah oh my god and you're just like are you you're like you're 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 wasting money you're wasting you know you know and you can never really track down a leak under a ballasted roof because you don't know really where it's at it's everywhere and so you're gonna rip up more of it Whereas at least on a TPO roof, you can kind of see where blistering is happening or some peel back from the, the membrane overlap or whatever, and you can track it down pretty quickly. 
uh, now they, you know, now they're, you know, as you guys know, they're, you know, equipping roofs with leak detection systems so that you, you know, it's like, well, you're, it's because you're not doing it right in the first place. So now you're doing the belts and suspenders. Gotta love that term. I love it. Belts and suspenders. That's that's a Bubba sized term. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, well, I think we opened the floodgates for you, Cormac. <laughs> yes, it's it's. I I have a lot of trauma based off of <laughs> yeah, a lot of the as we all do. Things Lots of scar tissue around these kinds of things that come up on projects. Anyway, thanks for commiserating. So I have so, I have a recent yeah. one. All right. So we oh, go no. out to a job site, and one part of it is finished. And it's it's been painted. So we walk up. I'm like, wow, this building looks really shiny. And this is it's a it's a small little single story building and just part of a, a larger project. And I was like, wow, this looks really shiny. And so get up to it and I'm like, why does this look so shiny? Is this gloss? Why did they paint <laughs> the exterior of this building so you can in wipe it down? Gloss. Yeah. yeah. Because it's hoseable. It, it, you know what? Yes, we we they painted a hose off sort of building. Um, anyway, yeah, we were just we we asked the question. We're like, um, why is this gloss? It really shows off the imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, they they the painter ended up repainting the entire building <laughs> in flat, like it was supposed to be. So anyway, that's fun fun little fun little story. It did, just came up not too long ago. So here's a here here's a fun exterior um finish story. So it it has happened to us where so we've been using terracotta a lot on our exterior cladding and there are two different firing ways to to fire terracotta. There's you can fire it like you fire bricks. They, you know, cut all the bricks, they stack them up on a pallet, they put them in the kiln and they fire it and you get unequal heating throughout the kiln. So there's the kiln fired or the belt fired. Belt fired, you're basically getting, a, you know, it's, it's feeding it all the way through single layer and it's firing it all evenly on the top and the bottom so you can get more color consistency. You design your specs, write your specs around. Typically, you're, you're writing it around the most restrictive, the most expensive one, and then through bidding and or value engineering, you get you typically get the cheaper of the two. I, I guess the 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 the, the warnings um, to this is you really got to be sure of what you're doing because you get the mock-up. We got we got our mock-up. And the mock-up looked good. All of the color was right. They go ahead and order the cladding for a 200, 300 square foot building. And then it starts coming out and the color is all over the place. The, from one end of the panel to the other end of the panel could be inconsistent. The panel next to the other panel could be a complete, slightly off color from the other one. It's a feature. And so now... And so now it's all a checkerboard. Um, and then the client comes out there and takes a look at it and says, what the hell is going on here? And it's $3 million worth of terracotta. 
that needs to be replaced because of color inconsistencies. And they're like, and we had that, we had that recently on a, on a building and, and, you know, it, you know, no fault really to ours and in a, in a way, no fault really of the contract of the general contractor or the construction manager. But it, it's just these weird little things that you don't really know. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And, um, sometimes it's different firing, uh, or different runs of terracotta, you know, so it's like, oh, we just finished a batch of, of Boylston red. Yes, that is an actual color. And, and then, you know, and so they ship that off to you. Then they fire another batch. Well, that next batch that's fired and that gets sent off to you is slightly off of the yeah, other one. And lots, yeah. it may not actually necessarily look that way um, you know, in the, in the factory or whatever, because you don't have the two sitting side by side, but once you get it up on the building and the sun hits it and you're like looking at it, you're like, Hmm, that is a, that is a building that looks like it's not talking to itself. I don't know that that one wasn't one where you just like, Oh, you know, it's a miss by the architect or the, you know, but it's one of those ones where it happens. And now you have a owner who is, out for blood looking for somebody to justify what the hell just happened to now they're paying tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars for a building. And now they've got an exterior, the exterior clad. And the only thing that anybody ever sees is the stuff that they see. And if that, the stuff that they see is mismatched colors or mis mismatched wood panels, or things like that, which we're going through that right now with a selection of the building that that hypothetical building that has the trench, the, all of that glass yeah. and all that other stuff. We're having to go through and make sure that all of our wood graining patterns and book matching and everything else are all right um, wow. because of that very fact. I mean, right now, so we're so worried about, you know, we're so gun shy about using material either untested material or material that we've seen other mistakes on other buildings from other architects and stuff and we're like well that is a good cost savings measure from this but it doesn't hold up or something and so (laughs) you you then learn you know you learn through the mistakes that you know of untested materials straight from the trenches folks right here that's good uh, stuff. Yeah. All right. Are we, are we, uh, it wasn't glossy. Was this a good therapy session? But <laughs> it was. Good. It was, I think. All right. You want to take right. us out, Neil? Absolutely. Well, hey, cool. I just, yes, take us out to end us, end this. End this. I'm going to end it. All right. So, <laughs> hey, I just want to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by RCAT. Send them some love. You're going to see them soon, hopefully, at Construct. The music is by System Kid. Subscribe to Archispeak on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or listen directly from our site. A lot of people tend to do that. And what's that name? ArcaSpeakPodcast.com. You can follow the show on social media via Twitter and Facebook, and links to each of those can be found on the site. Thanks for listening, everyone. And just a reminder, stay subscribed. We'll see you next time. Tell us your fails, for sure. Yeah, we definitely want to hear um, everybody else's fails. Absolutely. Share, share, share. Good night. And make them Bubba size.
Tell me every little thing's gonna be 